0: Well, today uh, we're going to continue the study in the book of uh, Proverbs, chapter 18. And uh, I met with Pastor, we shared some notes and thoughts. And uh, one of the things about Proverbs is their idioms, their sayings, their teachings, instructions. And, and Solomon was writing the book of Proverbs, and as he's writing it, he's writing it to a specific audience, young men in particular, and giving them instructions on how to be wise and, 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 and just grow and, and mature and make good decisions. And that reminds me a lot of my mom, because growing up, my mom had a lot of sayings. Whose mom had a lot of sayings when they were growing up? My mom had a saying for everything. And some of the sayings, uh, you know, they're well known, you know, like, for example, don't count your, your, uh, your, your chickens before they hatch. That's common, right, it's particular. Um, Another saying my mom would would tell me would be, uh, you know, the lazy person has to work twice as hard. Uh, One that's associated with uh, carpentry, and I don't know why my mom would tell me this all the time, but she would. She would say, measure twice, cut once. In other words, if you did, if you checked out what you were doing before you did it, you wouldn't have done it in the first place. Um, So there were a lot of sayings that my mom had, um, and, you know, when I think of those idioms, those sayings, they had truths to them. They had knowledge to them. Because they wanted, my mom wanted to, our moms wanted to teach us, our parents wanted to teach us a truth through a, a, just a fun phrase that we would remember. But the reality is that that truth, that, that saying was really profound. And that's what the, 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 the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, was really trying to instill in young men and in people that we're listening and reading uh, these Proverbs. Uh, So before we start, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this opportunity, Father God, to come before your presence in worship and in praise. Father God, I pray that you receive all of our uh, adoration and all of our praises to you, Lord, and I pray that you open our hearts and our minds so that we may receive your word, God, and not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word that your word, Father God, would be planted and seeded in us and give growth and produce fruit. Father God, bless all of us that are here today and those that are watching online, God. Thank you for allowing us, even though we're, again, in different locations, we are all in your presence. And for this, we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, Solomon is writing in, one of the first things that he, he writes in this first verse, he says, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, and rages against all wise judgment. And what caught my attention here is that, uh, he said that a, a man who isolates himself, a person that isolates himself is, is in, puts himself in danger, here's why. Isolation is the goal of the enemy of our souls. If the enemy can get us to be isolated, he will tempt to separate us from God and from one another. That's his goal. You see, God created us to be in relationship. The writer of Proverbs addressed this uh, to young men to tell them, you know, to warn them against isolation. Because God himself, at the beginning of time, in the beginning of creation, when he created man, he said this. In Genesis chapter two, verse 18, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. We were all created, brothers and sisters, to be in relationship with one another. We cannot do church alone. We have to come together, and even with all this social distancing and some people uh, being at home and not able to join us physically, that doesn't mean you're isolating yourself from one another because, again, like I said, we're in his presence, but just right now as we're watching together online, as we gather together in this auditorium, we are not isolating. We're coming against isolation, and we're coming into his presence, The Bible says in in, uh, the writer of Hebrews, in chapter 10, verse 25 says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together like some others have done. Because God wants to show us in the word that gathering together, coming together is vital, it's healthy, and it's necessary. It's important. It does good for the heart, for us to gather together. And sometimes if you're not able to get together, there are different ways that we still can stay connected. So I want to encourage all of us not to be isolated but to gather together to maintain fellowship in the presence of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter, uh, verse 2, it says, A fool has no delight in understanding but expresses his own heart. Understanding life's issues for a, uh, are no concern to a fool. Uh, we live in a society where Uh, We just want to be heard, and few seek understanding and wisdom. The word here, understanding, is not uh, to be comprehended as much as it is to gain knowledge and instruction. See, a fool uh, doesn't delight in getting wisdom and insight, but the wise do. Because there is a blessing when we seek knowledge, when we seek the word of God, When we come into the word of God and we start seeking what the Lord says and and what the scriptures have to say to our situations and our circumstances, we learn quickly that God has an answer for all of our needs. No matter what you're in, no matter what you're going through, the Word of God has something for you, some instruction, some insight, some encouragement, some exhortation. Whatever the case may be, it's going to be in the Word of God. The Bible says that the, 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 the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, seeking wisdom, seeking God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Blessed are those who find wisdom because those are those who gain understanding. So blessed are those who find wisdom And those who gain understanding. Gaining understanding, gaining wisdom brings and produces a blessing in our lives. You know, when we seek, Lord, bless me, we'll seek his word. Seek wisdom in his word. Seek good counsel. That brings blessings into our lives. In Proverbs verse 5, it says, uh, It's not good uh, to show partiality uh, to the wicked or to overthrow uh, the righteous in judgment. You know, before I continue, you know, these Proverbs, when we think about them, you know, the book of Proverbs is just like a plethora of different sayings and different teachings. And Solomon, when he wrote this, was writing from his experience and from his circumstances and things that he was experiencing, things that he saw. And he's writing these things down to teach us, to show us, the truth of God's word and his plan. It says, in, in uh, James chapter two, it says, "My brethren, do not hold uh, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For there should uh, come to you or into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man uh, in filthy clothes." And you pay attention uh, to the one that's wearing the fine clothes and say to him, sit here in a good place and say to the poor, "Uh, you stand there or sit over here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? You know, when the writer, when Solomon writes about don't show partiality, you know, James wrote about it as well. And he said, you know, we shouldn't treat each other differently because some people have fine clothing and others don't. We shouldn't treat uh, treat each other because we we come from different backgrounds or, or different ethnicities or we shouldn't treat each other because we come from or we speak different languages. We should all treat each other the same. Why? Because we all belong to God. We're all God's children. We belong to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords and we should not show that partiality. We should care for one another. The Bible says, and this is how they'll know you're my disciples that you what? Love one another. And that's how we have to show uh, our relationships or our favor towards others, but not favoritism. James continues to, to write in verses 8. I'm going to skip to verse 8 where it says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit a sin and you are convicted by the law as a transgressor. So partiality favoritism is, is sinful to the Lord because he, he shows no partiality towards us. The Bible says he's no respecter of person. It doesn't matter, aren't you glad that God has no respecter of person? Aren't you glad that he doesn't favor other people over you? Or you over other people? Aren't you glad that our God is a just God, a loving God, and that he is willing to, to bless us and, and, and answer our prayers you know, sometimes we're not even worthy of, of, of anything, but God doesn't see us how, for how we feel. He sees us through the blood of Jesus that has redeemed us from our sins, that has made us right with him. And see, that relationship with God allows God to, to see us all equally because we've all been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Jesus died for all of us, not some of us, not others, but for all, amen? Amen. In Proverbs, verse 6, it says, A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. When I read this verse, I think a lot about my mom. My mom used to have this saying, Don't write a check if you don't have the money in the bank. What does that mean? Don't write a check if you don't have the money. If you can't afford to cash the check, don't write it. And a lot of times, our words, right? Our words can get us into trouble. It says a fool's mouth uh, is his ruin, his lips are a snare to his soul. You know, people wanna stop a fool from talking even to the point of contention. You know, there are so many people saying so many crazy things in this world even to the point of foolishness, that people just get so angry and upset with them. But a fool is known and by, his ruin, uh, by the ruin of his mouth. The words are expensive. They cost you more than you can afford to pay. I'll say that again. Words are expensive. They can cost you more than you can afford to pay. The words that we say, we have to measure them. We have to meter those words. We have to be careful with how we speak to one another. We have to be careful the words that we say. You know, Pastor, um, uh, some time ago, used this, this the, the, I think, what is it called? The, uh, the acronym uh, THINK, right? Think before you speak. He said, T-H-I-N-K, which was T for true. Is it true what you're going to say? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring, is it necessary, and is it kind? If it's not all of that, maybe it's not worth saying. And it's very important that we learn to to speak to one another with grace. The Bible says in Colossians chapter four, verse six. It says, let your speech always be with grace. Your words seasoned with salt so that we may know how to answer one another. And I know sometimes at the heat of the moment and sometimes through emotions, we kind of say things at times that we we shouldn't. We have to be very careful and have those filters. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the the Spirit of God, the Word of God in our hearts. Because the things that we say can get us in trouble. The things that other people hear us say can cause trouble. Trouble. And Solomon, as he writes this proverb, he says, you know, the fool's mouth is his ruin. There's a saying that says, you know, you put your foot in your mouth, right? And sometimes that's because we get ourselves in trouble. And we don't speak what the word of God is speaking. And I'm not talking about chapter and verse, but in the context of how the word says that we should speak and treat one another. And this is very important in the society that we live in today. I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to a side note from this, it's very important that in the society that we live today that we know how to speak to one another, that we know how to address one another and be able to, to present not just our thoughts, but the word of God, the will of God in our conversation. By this the world will know again that you are my disciples by how we treat each other, but also by how we talk to one another. Our words have power, we'll see that in a few verses. But not only the things that we say, but the things that we also say about others, can get us into trouble, or can get others into trouble. In verse eight, it says, "The words of a talebearer are like a tasty tri- uh, trifles, and they go down into the innermost body. The words of a slander or a tattletale or a gossip uh, are like poison our words can not only get us in trouble, but they can cause trouble for others. You know, it's, it, in, a, in a world, in a society where people are taking sides and people want to be of this and of that, even in the days of Paul, people would say, I'm of Apollos and I'm of Peter and I'm of Paul and I'm of G- I'm of this and I'm of that. And everybody would take sides and everybody would speak about that person and this person. In the book of Corinthians, they were talking about the the, the problems and the difficulties the brethren would have among themselves. And Paul would address that. And sometimes, you know, when we speak about others, we need to be careful of the things we say. Again, think, is it inspiring? Is it helpful? Is it uplifting what we're saying about others? Is it necessary? That's always the big question. Is it even necessary to say that? And sometimes that'll stop us right there. That'll keep us from getting in trouble. So remember the acronym THINK. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? That'll stop the gossip. That'll eliminate the gossip. And not saying that you're a gossip or that I'm a gossip, but you know sometimes my mom, I'm going to tell you a lot of mom stories today, my mom, before she got saved, you know, she used to love to listen to gossip. That my mom, she, and she would tell me, I'm not a gossiper. It just entertains me. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And then after a while, after, when she got saved and everything, she would tell me, you know what? It's just, it's just addicting. You just, you just listen to one thing and then the other and then the other and then the other. And it's like a novella. You know, it's like a soap opera. And you just want to know the next chapter. But we need to stop that. Whenever people say things of gossip, hold on, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Then let's not say it. Let's pray for one another. That's what the scripture says, right? The Bible says you that are stronger spiritually pray for those that are weaker because you yourself might fall into the same situation. So let's pray for one another and not just Talk about one another. Amen? You know, the book of Proverbs and these teachings, sometimes, you know, they're life lessons. And how many know that when your mom or your parents had a, a life lesson, you, the last thing, you, you wanted to hear that. So let me tell you something. Right? When my mom would say with a, with a Spanish, a heavy Spanish accent, let me tell you something. That meant she was going to give me a teaching and I was going to listen And nine times out of ten, I didn't understand anything she said because she was saying it in some, you know, traditional saying or proverb from Puerto Rico that I couldn't get. But later in life, I'm now saying them to my kids. I'm doing the same thing to my kids. You know, like, if it smells wrong, if it looks wrong, if it feels wrong, if it sounds wrong, it's wrong. Get out. My mom would tell me that before I would go anywhere. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Don't get involved. And so these Proverbs, when we think about it, they're instructions to our lives, and sometimes they're, they're sometimes difficult to understand or even perceive, but the Bible makes it so clear. And Solomon, when he writes this, he writes from a life experience because all of us have experienced it to one extent or the other. And it allows us to see the truth of God's word In so much that we can start trusting the word of God. Because if you can't trust the word of God, who can you trust? Let's go to uh, Proverbs uh, verse 10, chapter 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And you know what? When I read this verse in in, in verse 10 where it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I, I I can't help but stop the name of the Lord. How many of us have called upon the name of the Lord? How many of us, when we call upon the name of the Lord, there's a sense of peace and joy that comes over your life? That no matter how things go, you know that God is in control because of that name. Because of that name, there's salvation in that name. There's salvation in the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 2, verse 21. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Whoever calls, it doesn't matter where you came from, what you did, where you are. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. There's deliverance in the name of the Lord. Psalm 61 verse 3 says, For you have been my shelter for me, a strong tower from my enemies. You know, when I, let me go to Psalm 91 as well. I, I, wanna, I just want to share something from there as well. Psalm 91 Verse 14 says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. That name. That name will deliver. That name will save. No matter what comes against you, in the name of Jesus, all things are possible. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. In the name of Jesus, amen, the sick Will be healed. In the name of Jesus, the captive will be set free. In the name of Jesus, the bound will be delivered. All in the name of Jesus. And Solomon, when he wrote that in the name, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, it's a defense, it's something that you can count on in times of trouble. If we leave with nothing here tonight, leave with this: that the name of the Lord is your strong tower. Nothing can come against you or I in the name of the Lord because he is our defense. I love the way Psalm 91 verse 14 says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. He says I might, I can, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. My gosh, if you can't pray, you can just say Jesus. If you don't know what to pray, you can just say Jesus. If you don't know how to say Jesus, you can just say Jesus, amen? Because it's the name that is above every name. It is the name that sets the captive free. It is the name that delivers those that are bound. It is the name that you can trust in. The Bible says that in his name, there is healing in the name of the Lord. James 5 verse 14 says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. My goodness, I get excited when I read this, because how many times you and I have been in, in difficulties and in sickness and in turmoil, and we've called upon that name, and just like, a, like, like the clouds open up and God comes to the rescue. Maybe not on my time, because I'm always kind of conflicted with God's timing. I am. You know, I said, Lord, I need a miracle now, and now for God may not be my now, right? But we can, we can be sure that he will deliver, that God will never arrive late. God will always arrive on time, and that we will not be, we, he will not put upon us anything that we cannot bear, but that with the trial, he will give us what? The way out. He will sustain us. He will provide for us all in the name of of Jesus, all in that wonderful name. That's a name you can trust. That's a name that will never fail. The name of the Lord will never fail you. I might fail you, your friends might fail you, your neighbors might fail you, but the name of the Lord will never fail. You can bank on it. You can trust in the name of the Lord. You can trust his word because he loves you, because he cares for you. Because according to Hebrews chapter two, he knows what you've gone through because he's gone through it himself. And he has made a way out for you and for I. But you see, not everyone can trust, excuse me, not everyone trusts that name. There are those that trust in their riches and in their possessions and in what they have and they take stock in what they have accumulated or, or what they have and they say, well, with all of this, I can provide for myself. And let me tell you, blessings are great but we cannot stock on just what we have or what we've accumulated. Uh, In verse 11 of chapter 18, it says, the rich man's wealth is his strong city, um, and like a high wall is his own esteem. This verse is in contrast to the true believer who trusts in the name of the Lord in verse 10. And the wicked who trusts in his own money. You see, if, if you and I trust in our own abilities, Just because we were able to accomplish things. And that's wonderful. God does give you talents and gifts and abilities. Amen. He does do this for us. But we cannot depend on what we are able to do. We always have to trust in the name of the Lord. We always have to trust in him. Because he is our provider. He is our protector. He is our sustainer. Anything and everything that we have comes from where? From the Lord. Everything. And so... You know, there's, there's scripture in the New Testament, Jesus talking in, in, in regards to parables where a rich man was, was taking stock of all that he had, of all the things that he was doing. And he said, wow, look at all, I stored up everything, I can rejoice. And then the Lord says, you fool. Tonight, your soul will be held accountable. This will be your last day. Who's gonna have whatever you had before? All these things that you've amassed, where are they gonna go now? You can't take them with you. Well, you know what you can take with you? The name of the Lord. You can take that anywhere and everywhere. Amen? Praise God. But that leads to pride. When people trust in their possessions, when people trust in their abilities, when people trust in their talents and what they have and accumulated, that develops pride. And the, uh, Sol- the, excuse me, and Solomon uh, warns us against pride. He says, uh, Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty and before honor is humility. Basically, pride comes before a fall, amen? Pride always brings destruction. Humility always brings honor. I'll say that again. Pride always brings destruction. Humility always brings honor. Isn't that amazing that In our pride, in our, what is pride? Pride is sinfulness, pride is sin. God does not take pleasure in pride. But when we are humble, the contrite in heart, that catches God's attention. When we humble ourselves, when we abase ourselves before the Lord and surrender ourselves to the Lord, that honors God. That says, God, in spite of myself, in spite of what I have, I honor you. I surrender it all to you, Lord. That brings honor from the Lord, amen. Praise God. You know, when we, uh, in the book of Proverbs, as you read all of this, it's, 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 it's challenging at times uh, in the sense that, that there's so many lessons, so many life lessons. I wanna encourage all of us. Uh, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Read one chapter a day. As a matter of fact, to make it easier, I learned this a long time ago. Whatever day of the month it is, that's the chapter of Proverbs you read, amen? And you just read each day one chapter and not just go through it to read it, but really dissect it. Spend some time in learning the truth of that proverb and say, Lord, how can I apply this today to my life? How does this make sense for me right now? How can I live this? And let me tell you, you'll be wiser, you'll achieve more understanding and more knowledge of God and that your life will be so blessed because you put these proverbs, these instructions, these teachings, you accumulate this understanding by reading his word. I'm gonna to jump to uh, verse 16. It says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. It's been said that our gifts and talents may make room for us, but it is our character that keeps us there. You know, uh, you can have all the gifts and talents in the world and that may open doors for you and that's great because God is a giver of gifts and talents, amen? But what keeps you there is your character and your character is developed in your relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with God is developed in devotion and in worship and in adoration to the Lord. When we spend time with God and spend time in his word, when we then apply that word in our daily living. You know, I, always, I used to tell people all the time, um, it's not how much of the Bible you know, it's how much of the Bible you apply that's where character comes in it's how much of this word are we applying today and that's as we're reading this word and applying this word on a daily basis our character is building up god is building up in in us a godly character that people will look at you and say there's something different about you why are you so different because we are not living conformed to this world we are not of this world. We're living conformed to the word of God and the will of God, and your life will be definitely transformed. It'll be noticeable. People will see your godly living because of the word that we apply. And so, even though you may have gifts, praise God for that, and abilities, it is important to remember that it is more important to have character than talent. It's more important to have character than gifts. Amen? But your gifts and talents are good too, but just make sure they're not more important than your character. Never compromise your character for your gift. I'll say that again. Never compromise your character for your gift. In verse 17, it says, the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. This reminds me a lot of, When I was growing up and uh, my sisters and I, well, how should I say this? Um, Well, there was just a ruckus. You know, there was always a spat, a fight. You know, we we weren't saved, okay? Um, And I would blame my sisters. My sisters would blame me and me being the baby of the family, the, the youngest. I always got away with everything. But... You know, my mom would always catch us in the midst of our uh, squabbling and, and, and bickering, and we would, we would tell our respective sides, and my mom would just listen. My mom already knew the truth, because moms know. She already knew what happened even before she walked into the room. It's something moms have, I don't know. And, and I, would, I would come up with the most elaborate stories. My sisters would come up with the most elaborate stories. I mean, we would plead before the court of her mercies. And at the end, guess what? We all got in trouble. It didn't matter. My mom heard both sides and it says, you're both guilty. You're both punished. Equal, just, equal justice with my mom. But here the proverb, uh, it talks about uh, when one hears the first part of a, of a argument or a situation, it's easily to be persuaded until you hear the other side. We have to be very careful. Uh, you know, if the first neighbor speaks and, uh, of his case and seems plausible or right, uh, then comes a second neighbor, the next person, uh, to cross-examine him. Uh, another side of the story surfaces, and, and those sitting in judgment have to uh, revise their initial opinion. Let me, let me read this to you. It says, We seldom hear the truth until we hear all sides. Pointed questions are necessary, uh, are the best way I should say. Pointed questioning is almost always the best way to do that. To find out both sides, we got to ask questions. we got to ask specific questions. And, and, and as parents, we, we, we tend to always ask the specific question. You know, we start with, who did this? What's the answer? Not me. Right? And we already know that not me doesn't live in the house. So not me didn't do it. One of us did it. And so when we, when, before we assume or presume or, or state something, we have to hear both sides. The Bible calls that righteous judgment. Before we judge, you got to hear both sides. You just can't assume that one side is correct and not the other. And this is good wisdom. This is good word from God. Even especially in our marriages, in our families, in our businesses, this is always a good practice. That's what I love about the book of Proverbs. It's always good practice. I'm going to skip to, uh, oh, excuse me, I'm going to go to uh, verse 21. Uh, It says, death and life are in the, excuse me, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue decides death or life the heart determines what the tongue says. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, if you didn't mean to say that, why did you say it? And sometimes, you know, like that expression, you know, uh, words are expensive. Sometimes we might not be able to afford them. And sometimes words have cost. words have value. And we have to be very careful of the words that we share. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, listen, I, I need Jesus. We all need Jesus, right? And we've all struggled and we've all said things and done things that we're not happy about or proud about. But we have to be very careful, especially with words, because words bring life. It's words that bring us hope, words that encourage, words that strengthen, words that open uh, relationships or establish relationships. But words can also hurt. Uh, James in uh, chapter 1, verse 26 is uh, If any of you think that you're religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart and his his religion is useless. Our words, what we say to one another, what we communicate to one another is important. And we have to be mindful that what we say should empower and strengthen other people. And I know sometimes with the world that we live in today, we get caught up in, in this and in that. But we have to be very careful as believers to allow the word of God to fill our hearts because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the more we get the word of God in us, the more the word of God is in us, the more we speak the word of God every single time. The more we show the word of God in our conversation. To love the tongue means to understand its power and the use uh, and to use it with great care When I think of Proverbs and the things that are written therein, I'm quickly reminded that these truths are daily. That this word, we need to hear it every day. We need to be able to apply it every single day. And sometimes it's difficult when we, we think we're not in relationships or, or we, we're, we're by ourselves in isolation or, or we think that because we're distant from one another that, well, who am I going to have speak into my life? Right? Sometimes, you know, we, you know, it's great when we can speak into each other's lives, right? But what happens when there isn't anyone around to speak into your life? What happens when, when, when there isn't someone that can hear, that you can hear speak into your life, words of affirmation, words of encouragement? I'll tell you what. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, and we'll end with this. A man who has a friend must himself be, a, be friendly, right? But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, sometimes when we think about being in relationships, the words that we share with one another, and, and we always look for that encouragement. Some of us have the love language of words of affirmation, and that's important to us. Amen. That's great. But you know what? It's, it's even if someone, if you're not in conversation with people, even if you might even find yourself, well, I'm by myself, there's somebody that's always with you. There's someone that sticks closer to you than a brother, and his name is Jesus. There are friends that stick closer to you than a brother. They will, you know, the Bible says that Jesus was a friend to tax collectors. The Bible says that Jesus was a friend of sinners. The Bible says that Jesus was a friend to the friendless. And if, and if you and I need a friend, if you and I ever feel alone or that we need words of, of affirmation, we go to His Word because Jesus is living in His Word. The Bible says in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this very Word, every time you and I read it, we're inviting the presence of God into our lives. The very presence of God is being brought into our lives when we read it because it is the literal presentation of God's presence, his word, his word. In John chapter 15, verse 15, it says, I no longer call you servants for a servant does not know what uh, his master is doing, but I call you friend. For all the things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I want to encourage all of us as we draw to a close with the book of Proverbs chapter 18, that there are things that the psalmist wrote about words, right? The words that we share, the words that we speak, our words can get us in trouble, but our words can also be a blessing. Our words can also encourage. Our words can also bring hope. Our words can also bring joy. Our words can also bring peace. And in a time like this that we're living in today, our words are so important right now, people of God. Do not stay silent, but share the word of God in your conversations. You don't have to quote scripture. You just have to know it. You just have to know what it does for you, that God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, that God is love, and all those that go to him must go to him in love, right? That God is no respecter of person, that God is a healer, that God is a deliverer, that God is a restorer. These are the words that we need and the world needs to hear. So it's important that we take these Proverbs and that we apply them in our lives and that we use them to reach others in our sphere of influence. Those of you that are watching online, even if you're not physically able to join us in in, in the auditorium here in the sanctuary, you can share words of encouragement as you text, as you call, as you FaceTime with other people. Share a word of encouragement. I challenge you this week on your social media platforms, be be positive, be, be loving, be encouraging. Share God's Word with everyone. When you hear negativity, respond with love. Let's overshadow, overshout the negativity of this word with the love of Jesus, with the word of God. Let's uh, bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, for your teaching and the opportunity, Lord God, to draw closer to you, to understand your plan, your purpose. Lord, help us to use our words because our words have power of death and life. Help us to use our words to encourage people, to inspire people, to to minister to to the needs of people, to bring healing your word, God. Not just our words, but your word, your word of hope and joy and peace. That others may come to know you, Lord God. Father, I pray that regardless of our circumstances, for those of us that are here, those that are watching online, Lord God, let your word permeate in our our lives and be seated in our spirit, Lord. So that no matter what situation we're going through, we can always turn to your word and apply it in our circumstance and be victorious. That we can trust in the name of the Lord. That we can trust that name that is above all names. Father God, I pray that you bless everyone here. I pray that you bless those that are watching online. Father God, we trust you, each and every one of us, right at this moment, Lord, we determine to trust you in spite of our circumstances or situation because you are God and there's nothing impossible for you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for being a friend when we don't even feel friendly or even feel loved. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father God, for allowing your son to die on the cross so that we can have a relationship with you and resurrecting from, the death, from death, Father God, so that we may have life and life more abundantly. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. If you don't mind, can you please stand? Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. I would be remiss if I didn't make this invitation. And I know that many of you that are here, amen, have already made a commitment to Christ. But if you are here tonight or if you are watching online and you haven't made a decision to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me invite you, let me tell you this, that he wants to be your friend. And more than your friend, he wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your deliverer. He wants to be your your provider, your strength, your source of hope and peace. So right now, I'm going to ask those of you that are here, those of you that are watching online, if you want to accept Christ or maybe rededicate your life to the Lord, because you know that even in the midst of circumstances, you need the Lord. I'm just going to ask you, raise your hand. Just shoot your hand up high. Amen. 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 For those of you that are online, thank you for raising your hand there. Thank you. Praise God. Amen to Jesus. Amen. I want to, I want to also encourage any of you that are going through a situation, a difficult time. I want to encourage you and I want to let you know that God is for you and not against you. If you're going through a difficult situation, a difficult time, God is here. God is going to answer your prayers. If you're going through a challenge, if you need healing, those of you that are online, those of you that are here, if you need healing, God is here to heal you. So right now, if you're going to, if you uh, want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want us to all pray this together. Those that are watching, those that are here, let's pray this together to uh, receive Christ and to receive healing in our lives. Amen. Heavenly Father, We come before your presence, and we ask you, Lord, to receive us, to forgive us, to restore us in relationship with you. We need you, Lord. Father God, without you, we are lost. We confess that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead so that we can have eternal life. And we take hold of that promise and we, Father God, step into this new life that you have given us because you love us. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that have accepted you. I pray for those that need healing, those that are struggling, those that are hurting those that are going through trials and tribulations. Father, I pray that you supply all of their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I pray those that are sick with the the COVID-19 virus, those that are in the hospitals, those that are needing Father God transplants, those with diabetes or high blood pressure, whatever illness, God, we declare the name of Jesus. We declare the name of Jesus over their lives. We declare healing We declare deliverance. We declare a miracle now, Father. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be praised, Father God. I pray that you set free those that are captive, those that are hurting, those that are sick in Jesus' name. If you accepted Christ, those of you that are watching online and those of you that are here, if you accepted Christ, I want you to text the word SAVE to 407 275 8790. That number that's on the screen. I want you to text the word SAVED if you accepted Christ. If you want prayer we're going to open up the altars. We'll pray with you. Uh, Come forward as uh, Pastor Charlie uh, leads us in worship. And those of you that are online that need prayer, you can call that number 407-275 8790 for prayer. And someone will be there to pray with you for a few minutes after the service but as pastor charlie leads us in worship we're just going to open the altars for prayer if you would want to come forward someone will pray with you and we trust god that he will provide every need in your life That from this moment forward, you are blessed. May the the glory of God be upon you and your family. May you shine. May you go forward in victory. May nothing formed against you prosper. Let the blessing of God be upon your life. And may the presence of His Holy Son and His Spirit reside in your heart. That when you walk, you walk in His promise. You walk in His love. And you walk in His peace. God bless you. There is life in the name there is no other name but Jesus Jesus there is freedom in the name healing in the name there is power in the name salvation in the name There is life in the name There is no other name but Jesus Well church, you're dismissed. God bless you tonight. Make sure that you greet brothers and sisters on your way out. Spread out the love of Jesus. If you want to spend some time in prayer, feel free to do so. Be with us for a couple more minutes. We're gonna be here. So feel free to just... Linger a little bit longer and just uh, allow the love of God touch you and uh, we will pray for you. Man, I'm going to sing this chorus one more time.